This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate your watching today. Some of you may be watching for the first time today, and I'd like to give you a very personal welcome to our telecast today. Some may be watching for multiple times today. We have people that uh, write us and call us all the time, say, I watch you every time you're on the air. And you don't know how encouraging that is to us. Thank you so very much. Now today on our telecast, we're going to talk about a robbed house. A robbed house. You know, uh, that's something pretty common today. And so we want to talk about that today. And I think you'll find it uh, interesting about uh, how the fact that some of us may have our homes robbed and we're not even aware of it. Well, stay tuned as we discuss that today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I, I would like to emphasize that it is free. You're not going to receive a bill. We're not going to ask you for a donation. We're not going to ask you for money. We just want to give it to you. As a matter of fact, if you were to request, as sometimes people do, a CD of one of the lessons, that's free. And you say, well, I don't see why you want to do that, Brother Lamb. It's because we're interested in people. We're interested in helping them to learn more about the Bible and more about God and about Jesus and how to live right and how to do right and how to go to heaven one day. That's, that's our only motivation in for doing this. Now, today we want to again offer this course. And what we'd like to do right now is to pause for just a, a moment to let you learn more about the Bible course and learn how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from the sixth chapter of Matthew, verse 19, and I'll be reading through verse 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. House invasion is a pretty common thing today. It seemingly, it was even in the days of Jesus when he said thieves will break through and steal. And the fact that homes can be invaded, that they can be broken into, causes so many people to take measures to protect themselves. Why well, at night the doors are locked. I can remember when I was a small child that at night we didn't lock our doors. We didn't see the need for locking our doors. One of the last things that we do at our house at night before we go to bed, make sure the doors are locked. Not only that, you might install an alarm system 
That's something else we did at my house. We installed an alarm system. Why? Because home invasion is such a common practice today. I, let me ask you a question. Has your home been robbed? Would it surprise you if I were to tell you that many of us are being robbed right now? Our pockets are being picked. Spiritual values are being stolen from under our noses. And the, the, the thing is that we may not even be aware that it's being done. Let, let me ask you, is your home robbed of the Bible? Someone says, well, yes, Brother Lambert, we have a Bible. Well, I, I didn't ask that. I didn't ask if you have one. I said, is it being stolen out of your home? You see, you may have one, but is it being used? Many homes are robbed of the book of the ages. And there is such a dearth of knowledge of the Bible today. Where there should be, there's dearth of knowledge where there should be knowledge. There, there's uncertainty where there should be certainty. There is confusion where there should be peace. There's doubt where there should be faith. And there's weakness where there should be strength. And the reason is because while we may have a Bible or Bibles in our homes, they're not being used. Some use the Bible as an ornament in the home. So some use the Bible as a filing cabinet. They put all kinds of pictures in it and clippings out of the newspapers and maybe a church bulletin or two. They stick down in their Bible and that's where they keep those things. But you see, the Bible is something for us to use every day. Has your home been robbed of the Bible? Has your home been robbed of prayer? Many families find no time to ever gather the family for prayer. I remember a number of years ago being called into a home and there was a problem with the sons in that home. And they were rebelling against the parents. They grew up to be fine young men. But at that stage in their life, they were a little bit on the rebellious side. But you see, I knew they had never heard Daddy pray. Let me tell you, husbands and fathers, families that pray together stay together. They stay together. And the home robbed of prayer has no source of help. When Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he taught them to say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But when we never pray and we never ask for that, we're robbing ourselves of help. And the home where there is no prayer is a home filled with ingratitude. Some never pray at mealtime. 
They, they never asked God to bless them and to thank God for the blessings they have in gratitude. Let, let me ask you, if we're never thankful to God for the food that we have, just the food we have, not, not to mention all of the other blessings we have, can, can you tell me why we should expect God to continue to bless us? If we're not grateful for what He has been doing for us and has done for us over the years? Have you ever done something out of kindness for another person and they acted as though they did not really appreciate it? Did you really want to go back and do something for them again? You said, oh no, Brother Lambert, I didn't want to help them again. Why not? Because they weren't grateful. Well, our homes today are being robbed of prayer and those homes are filled with ingratitude to God. And the home robbed of prayer has no open communication with God. It's shut off. Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew 7. He said, Ask, you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. So if we will ask, we will receive. James 4 and 2 says, You have not because you Ask not. We're not talking to God. In the 10th chapter of Acts, we read about a man by the name of Cornelius. And Cornelius was a Gentile. Cornelius was a centurion. He was a, a leader of, of, of soldiers. But he was a good family man. In the 10th chapter of Acts, we're told that Cornelius feared God with all of his house. We're, we're told that he gave much alms to the poor. We're told that his prayers went up as a memorial before God. And God heard the prayers of Cornelius. And we know that for which he prayed by the answer to the prayer. And the answer to the prayer was Peter came to his house to teach what Cornelius and his household should do in order to be saved. We learned that from Acts 11 and verse 14. And so Cornelius was a praying man. And seemingly he was praying for the salvation of his house. Oh, that we had more men today praying for their families. Praying for their sons and praying for their daughters and praying for their spouses. Yes, sometimes our homes are robbed of prayer. May I challenge you today to make your home a place of prayer. The least you can do is to pray at mealtime. And I should think if there's anyone with whom a man ought to be able to pray, it ought to be his wife. Do you ever hold her hand and pray together with her? If you're not doing that, your, your home is being robbed. It's being robbed of blessings that God will give you. But not only that, our homes are being robbed of the Lord's Day. First day of the week is the Lord's Day. Someone says, well, why is it referred to as the Lord's Day? Because it was upon that day that our Lord was raised from the dead. 
Revelation 1.10, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. It is His. It is His day. It is not my day. It is the Lord's day, not the Lord's hour. Some think maybe from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock or 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock is the Lord's day. And, and many, many considered a holiday and not a holy day. They considered a day to sleep late or a day to go to the beach or go to the mountains or to go fishing or to go play golf or go to grandma's. But, but this is a special day. The Lord's day. This is the day that Jesus arose from the dead. Luke 24, verse 1. This is the day upon which the church began, Acts 2, 1. It began the, the day of Pentecost. In the Old Testament, Leviticus 23, the Jews were to count seven Sabbath days, seven Saturdays. That'd be 49 days. And on the day following the seventh Sabbath day, the first day of the week, Sunday, they were to observe Pentecost. And it was on the day of Pentecost, it was on Sunday, the first day of the week, that the church began. According to the 20th chapter of Acts in verse 7, it was upon this day, the Lord's day, the first day of the week, that saints communed with the Lord. They observed the Lord's Supper. It was on Sunday, not Saturday, Sunday, the first day of the week. Let me read Acts 20 and verse 7 to you. Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them. For that matter, Christians were taught to give to God as they had been prospered on the first day of the week. Sunday, the Lord's day. Listen to 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints... As I've given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Christians gave on the first day of the week. As a matter of fact, when we studied the first uh, uh, 41 verses of the second chapter of Acts, actually the entire chapter for that matter, we learned that the first fruits of the gospel were produced for the first time on the first day of the week upon Sunday, the Lord's Day. But many are abusing the Lord's Day. And they never assemble with the saints on the Lord's Day to worship God in spirit and in truth. Is your home being robbed of the Lord's day. I am so thankful that I was reared in a Christian home. I realize that many did not have that, uh, that opportunity. They did not have that blessing, but I did. I was reared by a godly father and mother. My dad was not a preacher, but he was a man of God. My mother was a woman of God. And I never recall, I never recall that the question was raised in our home, are we going to worship today? 
It was understood that if it was the Lord's day, we were going. As a matter of fact, my dad would, would pro, for, prohibit me from doing certain things on the Lord's day. He, he wouldn't let me go swimming on the Lord's day. I never did understand why. He wouldn't let me shoot my cap gun on the Lord's day. He, he wouldn't let me shoot fireworks on the Lord's day. He said, today's the Lord's day, son. We just don't do things like that on the Lord's day. But I'll tell you what he did, even though I didn't understand it as a child. He taught me to have a deep and abiding respect for the first day of the week, for the Lord's day. How are you using that day? May I urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community on the next Lord's day. And... and and learn more about the significance and the importance of being there on the Lord's day. But not only are homes being robbed today of the Lord's day, some are robbed of discipline. I'm afraid that in a lot of homes that discipline has gone the way of the black and white TV. It is no more. And discipline has been replaced with a soft, permissive attitude. Soft, permissive attitude. I heard a mother calling out to her son one day, and she said, Now I'm going to count to three, and you come when I, by the time I count to three. And she said, One, one and a half, two, two and a half, three. He didn't come. She says, now, I'm going to count again. And I wanted to go and just tell her, that's not going to get it done. I think Eli made that mistake, having this soft, permissive attitude. As a matter of fact, I know he did. In 1 Samuel, the third chapter, in verse 13, the Bible says that Eli's sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Somebody says, but, but Billy, I just don't want to make my children go to church. and I, I don't want to make my children go to Sunday school. and I, I don't want to make my children read the Bible. and I, I don't want to make my children say prayers at night. I, I, I just think that you need to leave things like that up to them. Could I ask you a question? Do you ever have to make your children take a bath? Oh, said, yes. Uh, my little boy said, if, he didn't, if I didn't make him take a bath, he'd never take a bath. Do, do you ever have to tell them and remind them to brush their teeth? And do you make sure that they go to school? Do you leave that up to them as to whether or not they want to go to school? You say, oh, of course not. And, well, let, let me ask you, when they come home from school, do you ever ask them, now, do you have any homework? Or do you just leave that up to them? Oh, you say, if I left it up to my children about their homework, if I didn't remind them, they'd never get their homework. Well, why is it that we want to make them, that we remind them and, and coach them and, and help them and encourage them in other things? And then people say, I just don't want to make my children go to Sunday school and I don't want to make them go to vacation Bible school. And I, I don't want to make, I want to let them make up their own mind. Let me tell you what Solomon said about that. 
He said, a son left to himself brings his mother to shame. We need to exercise some form of discipline over our children today. And, 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 and there's, there are different kinds of discipline. There is instructive discipline where we're teaching them and encouraging them. Then sometimes when that doesn't work, we might have to use a different kind of discipline, corrective discipline. But, but nonetheless, is there discipline in our homes? Ju judging from the way that I sometimes see children act, e even, even in, when I go around preaching and revivals in different places and gospel meetings in different places, and I see how some children act, I can tell you in some homes there's discipline, some homes there isn't. I can tell it by the way the children behave even in a worship service. So I ask again, is your home being robbed of discipline. Have the thieves broken through and stolen discipline out of your home? If you've not been exercising any kind of discipline on your children, they're not going to learn to be self-disciplined later in life. And they will grow up having no respect for authority. Teaching children to respect authority begins in the home. It begins in the home. But is your home robbed of other things? Is it robbed of God Himself? You say, well, I'd just like to know, Brother Lambert, before you close today, how can I protect my home from invasion? How, how can I prevent someone coming in and robbing these things out of my home? Well, let me give you some suggestions today. Well, why don't you write these suggestions down? Suggestion number one, put first things first. Put God first in your home and God will never be robbed from your home. Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Put first things First, and that's going to help pr protect your home from invasion. And secondly, give the Bible a prominent role in your home life. It must have a prominent role in your home life. In Deuteronomy 6, this is what Moses taught the Israelites. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all thy mind. The word which I commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach it diligently unto thy children. You see, what they had been taught and what they had, been, had learned from Moses was in turn to be taught to their children. We make a grave mistake in eliminating the word of God in the rearing of our children. Give the Bible a prominent role in your home life to protect it from home invasion. In 2 Timothy 3, 14, Paul told Timothy, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. 
Timothy knew what it was to have a home where the Word of God, and of course the scriptures that he had reference to would have been the Old Testament scriptures, but we have the old and we have the new today. But to Timothy, the Bible, the Word of God was prominent in his home life as a child. And if we want to protect our homes, pray often. As Paul put it in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. And I would also suggest if you want to save your home from invasion, from outside forces, if you want to keep the devil out of your home, you need to take a firm stand against divorce. You say, well, Brother Lambert, uh, uh, we're, we're having a hard time. Why don't you just make up your mind right now that when I said I do, I did. And I said that it was until death do us part. And I'm going to do everything that I can to, to heal and to help our relationship to keep the devil out of our home and protect our home from invasion from outside forces. Take a firm stand against divorce. And may I also suggest that you show some respect. Respect God and respect the members of your family. Show respect for the Word of God. Show respect for yourself. But last, let me suggest that you make a commitment to the Lord that cannot be moved. A commitment that cannot be moved. A commitment that cannot be shaken. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul was committed, and so should we be. Let me ask you, are you a Christian? Are you trying to make your home Christian? May I urge you to become one today by believing in Jesus, by repenting of your sins, by confessing your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and have God as the guest in your home, a welcome guest in your home. Have Jesus as a welcome guest in your home. Have the Bible in a prominent place in your home to protect you from home invasion. In the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36529.
1-877-711-5280 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>